You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp.com slash flaunt. Flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and we are kind of in the middle of a series that details the steps that you need to take in order to really move your way through infidelity and betrayal recovery. These are the steps necessary for you to get to the other side. The number one thing that I hear people say is, I really wish this wouldn't have happened. I just want all of this to go go away. And while I completely understand that, the reality is it did happen. And that sucks. But as much as it sucks and as hard as it is, truly the fastest way through it is through it. And no, I can't make it go away. But what I can do is I can get you to the other side. And here's the thing with getting to the other side. And this is why we're kind of in the middle of a series. 
while it's not necessary that you have listened to the other shows leading up to this show, at some point in time, I would encourage you to go back and kind of catch up on those shows so you have a really full and firm understanding of how to get yourself to the other side. So let me just pull back a little bit and tell you where we are at in the series. The first show was on setting your intention. And why that is important is if you want to get to the other side of betrayal, if you want to recover and have this horrible, awful, entire dramatic infidelity thing be a part of your past, as opposed to something that you are in right now, the first thing you need to do is set an intention. You need to intend something. You don't have to intend the absolute perfect thing. Your intention can be, my intention is to get on the other side of this. And my intention is to feel peace around this. And my intention is to be healed. And my intention is to find love again. Or my intention is to trust myself. You need to claim it. You need to state it out loud. You need to claim what you want. And I have a whole show on setting your intention that goes through why an intention is different than a resolution and all of these good things. But that is the absolute first step in moving through infidelity, in getting to the other side, finding the peace, the love, the trust that you want and you deserve. And here's the thing with that. So often people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have time for all the self-development stuff. I don't have time to sit around and create an intention. I don't have time to do all of these steps that I'm outlining. And it's like, mm, yeah, I felt that too. I have been in that heightened state, that state of trauma and panic where you just want to lunge ahead but I've been there. I've been there. I had multiple D-days. I've been there more than once. And the thing is, what I'm telling you to do works. And it works because it helps regulate your nervous system. It helps get you out of fight, flight, or freeze, and it gives you a concrete path to follow. And by following this path, Even though in the moment doing some of these things, you might be thinking, I don't understand why I'm doing this. Trust the process. Trust the process and you will get to the other side much more quickly than you would any other way. Much more quickly than just reading books or articles online or participating in Facebook groups or listening to podcasts. So that first step is sending an intention. What do you want? Why why are you here? You have been betrayed and you want to feel better, right? So what's your intention on that? What's your intention? I want peace. I want understanding. You get to pick. The next step after you pick, after you choose what it is that you wanted, your next step is mapping out the journey. And this is where so many people get stuck. Just like I said earlier, it's really challenging sometimes to map out the journey. 
because there's so many pieces that we don't know. And there's so many times we don't even want to map it out. We just want to take action. Because again, we're in this panicked state. But you've got to map your journey because without a map, you're not going to get there. And you're not going to know where you're at along the way. So I do a whole show, again, on mapping the journey. And I want you to think about mapping your journey once you set your intention. How do I get there? What steps do I not know? If you don't know what the next steps are, that's what I'm here for. That's what coaches are here to do, to help break it down for you, to help show you what steps come next. So you don't jump the gun. So you don't take the long detour. But so you can actually get where you're going. Today's show is the third step in this process. Today's show is on, and it's kind of a funny title. I hope you smile at least a little bit. It's on the costumes and the props that you need along your journey. Here's what I mean by costumes and props. If you are setting out on a road trip, in your car, let's say, and you have set your intention, you have figured out that you want to go to New York City, and you live in California. So you've set the intention. Okay, I want to go from California to New York City. And you've mapped out the journey. You've pulled up, whether it's your GPS or just Googling instructions online, and you've figured out how you're going to get there. So you've got the map. You know about how many days it's going to take. You know all of these different things. But you can't just leap in your car and go. You need things along the way, like, oh, gas. You might need windshield wiper fluid. You might need your oil checked. You might need to make sure that your tires have enough tread that they don't blow, that they are filled to the right amount of air. You might need water for yourself or snacks that are easily accessible that you can eat without taking your eyes off the road. You might need a cell phone charger. You might need a suitcase full of clothing because you're going to spend nights on the road. You might need a blanket. You might need a sleeping bag and pillow. There's all of these different things that you might need along your journey. Those are the props. Those are the things that you need along the way. Not only the essentials, but the things that make it more comfortable too. Like you might need a playlist of your favorite tunes. You might need all of these different things just to make the journey more enjoyable. Books on tape, Audible. You might need to download things so you're ready for the journey. Those are the props. And we all need props. We all need things that will help us along the way. Because do you know what happens otherwise? Otherwise, we run out of gas. Otherwise, we have to keep stopping for food and water because we have no snacks. And then the journey gets extended by six hours. 
If you don't have what's necessary, it makes following the map harder. It's not that your intention was wrong. It's not that your map was wrong. It's just that you don't have the right things to support you along the way. Those are the props. Some of the props that are vital, vital, vital to a fair recovery are things like nutrition, water, self-care practices, and beauty rituals. Yes, yes, yes. Beauty rituals are necessary. I am just going to put my foot down and claim that they are. And here is why. Raise your hand if someone betrayed you and you just felt beautiful. If you just felt like the most worthy goddess on the planet. Hmm, Nobody's raising their hand. If you're anything like me, you felt awful about yourself. You felt ugly and old and fat and out of shape and pathetic and whatever it is. Every insecurity that you ever had was triggered when you found out about your spouse's infidelity. So beauty is necessary. Feeling good about yourself is necessary. It's truly not just that. It's not that you're propping yourself up. It's not a fake thing. And so many people think it is. So many people get caught into the idea that looks are superficial, that beauty is superficial. And while it is, like while it absolutely is superficial, it's a superficial thing to judge other people on. Let's put it that way. But when you're trying to move forward, when you're trying to reclaim your identity and your self-worth, feeling beautiful is not superficial. It's necessary. The title of my retreat that's coming up the weekend before Valentine's Day my revenge, is called The Revenge Life Retreat. And the idea around that was how many times do you hear people say, I want a revenge body. I want to look so good when I see him that he's going to be like, oh, how did I leave her? How did I cheat on her? Blah, blah, blah. That whole idea of the revenge body is real. And it's not superficial. If when you feel bad about yourself, it's important to do something to feel good about yourself. It's simple. That's one of the things that I want you to lean into right here, right now, today. How do you feel about yourself? And I mean, honestly, how do you feel about yourself? I mean, I'm in my mid-50s. There's some things that I really love about myself. And then sometimes I look at like my skin or my wrinkles around my eyes or the gray that's coming into my hair. And I think, holy heck, like whose eyes are these? Whose eyelids are these? Because these look more like my grandmother's eyelids than my eyelids. And how did this happen? And there's days where I kind of embrace it. And I think, yeah, this is really cool. And there's days where it really hits me hard. And I think, wow, 
Like the best is behind me and I'm never going to be as young as I am right now. And I have thoughts like that. We all have thoughts like that. And that's normal. But when I found out about my husband's infidelity, let me tell you how bad I felt about myself. I thought I must be really worse than I thought I was. My body must be really ugly. My face must be hideous. Because clearly there was nothing here that was good enough to keep him. Otherwise, he would have stayed faithful. So in rebuilding and setting my intention for what I wanted and what I deserved, it was imperative that I did what was necessary to take care of myself. One of the things, and it might sound so simple and basic, but I made it a practice to take a shower and to get ready and to wear cute clothes every day. Even when it was a weekend, even when I knew I wasn't going to see another living soul and that nothing was going on, I made it a practice to just kind of dress cute, to put on real shoes, even when I was around the house, to style my hair, to put on lipstick. Because when I would catch sight of myself, in the bathroom mirror, the reflection in the sliding glass door, or even one day I remember staring at my reflection in the oven. When I caught sight of myself, I at least felt good about me. I felt worthy when I looked and I saw myself as being attractive. And that's what I want for you. I want you to know that caring about how you look is not superficial. Wanting to be whatever it is that you want to be, wanting to be pretty, isn't only okay, it's necessary. I want you to make this a fair recovery journey, a journey where you feel pretty, where you feel attractive, whatever that means for you. And no, I'm not talking about like all of this stuff, but if you've always wanted Botox, try it. If you want to color your hair, get it colored. If you want to have an expensive haircut and try something new, do it. If you want to go buy a pretty outfit or some nice shoes, do it. Whatever you need to do, to make yourself feel attractive, however that means for you, do it. The other part of that is physical fitness. And by that, I do not mean how thin you are or your body fat percentage or how much weight you can lift or how long you can run. I don't mean physical fitness in terms of like any of the traditional ways that we talk about fitness, like I'm going to get in shape. That's not what I mean. What I mean by physical fitness being a necessary prop to betrayal recovery is because what our body can do, our mind can do. What our body can do, our emotions can do. 
if you go to the gym or if you even have weights at home and you can like uh, lift some heavy weights, if you can uh, muscle something up, whether it's a bicep curl or pushing something above your head or doing a leg press and really just like uh, feeling your strength is important. When you feel your physical strength, it reminds you, I have emotional strength. I have mental strength. I am strong. And here's the thing. I don't care if you're leg pressing 10 pounds or 110 pounds. What I care about is that you're feeling it. You're feeling the strength. Same thing with upper body. I don't care if you're using three pound weights or 30 pound weights. I want you to feel strong. Because feeling strong is important. Feeling strong is a necessary prop. Feeling pretty is a necessary prop. A prop, in theater terms, in ballet terms, in whatever kind of terms, is something extra, but that's kind of necessary as well. A prop might be a telephone. So if an actor is doing a scene where they're pretending to talk on the phone, instead of pantomiming it, that there's an actual phone there that they can pick up and they can pretend to be talking on. A prop might be a car, a steering wheel. So instead of miming, pantomiming that you're driving in a steering wheel, you actually get into a little prop car and you put your hands on the steering wheel. Can it be done without the prop? Sure. Like I said, you can pantomime picking up a phone. You can pantomime driving a car. But a prop makes it much more real. A prop makes it more believable. A prop communicates that you're serious about this. And that's why I call it props, costuming and props. You've got your intention. You've mapped the journey. Now you need some props to get you there. Can you drive cross-country with no snacks? Sure. Is it very comfortable? No. Do you end up stopping more? Yes. Can you watch a play with zero props and zero sets and zero scenery? Sure, but it's not that much fun. It's harder to get into the illusion. It's harder to feel the emotion. Can you do betrayal recovery without any self-care? Can you do betrayal recovery while feeling ugly and out of shape and hideous and unworthy? Yeah, but oh boy, is it going to be a difficult ride. It's going to take longer and it's not going to be as much fun. So let's just take a deep breath and let's just accept props help. I also like to think of props in terms of propping yourself up. No shame in propping yourself up, by the way. In this good old culture of, I'm going to do it all by myself. Rugged individualism. Pull myself up by my bootstraps. I say, oh, please. No. Prop yourself up where necessary. If you're hungry, eat. If you're thirsty, drink. Can you get by skipping a meal? Of course, but why? You're going to be hangry and it's not fun. Prop yourself up. 
with some great beauty products. I started playing with beauty devices during my betrayal recovery journey. I started using all these different little devices and gels because it made me feel good and it was fun and it was time spent with me. And it was time spent looking in the mirror so I could see myself. And that's important too. You might know from my betrayal recovery journey, my little toe was broken when I was fighting with my husband to get access to his phone. He stepped on my toe. So me, a big worker outer, couldn't really work out. And that was awful. That was a slice of hell, I'm just going to say. However, I really focused hard on other ways that I could move. Lifting weights with my upper body. Stretching. I really needed to prop myself up with fitness as well as beauty. I just mentioned stretching. Stretching is also important. Strength, lifting weights is important, but stretching. Let's talk about the benefits of stretching. Not only is it good for your muscles and for your joints and all of that, but again, the connection, just like the connection of strength in the body and strength in the mind and strength in the spirit, same goes with flexibility. If your body can be flexible, your mind can be flexible. Your betrayal recovery journey gets more flexible. Your spirit gets more flexible. And it just eases the pain. In the same way stretching eases the pain in your body, stretching also eases the pain in your heart. Same thing with cardiovascular exercise. You're pushing yourself, whether it's an endurance activity or a high-intensity interval. You're pushing yourself and you're seeing that you can succeed. You set 10 minutes on the elliptical. You succeed. You push and you get yourself there. Hey, I don't care if you set three minutes on the elliptical. Push yourself and get there. Whether you want to just take off running. Feel the power, feel the dedication, feel the determination to reach those goals. Prop yourself up with fitness. Prop yourself up with beauty. And the other way that I really want you to prop yourself up is with nutrition and water and food. Take your supplements. I cannot say enough how traumatic trauma is on our physical bodies. We know it's tough on our minds. Oh my God, we know it's tough on our hearts and souls. But it's also tough on your physical body. I want you to eat well. I want you to have your water, your fruit, your vegetables to take vitamins, whatever it is. Because here's the thing too, if you're anything like me, When you're totally depressed, you can't eat. Things like wine sound really, really, really good. Things like sugar and comfort food taste really, 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 really good. And while I'm not saying to deny yourself, if you want to dive into a big old pot of homemade mac and cheese, 
by all means do it. But also be mindful that nutrition does support the physical body. And that when the physical body feels better, it is better able to react and to respond to stress. When you are having a sugar crash, your body gets anxious. So if you're eating too much sugar and then you're having a sugar crash, which induces anxiety, at the same time, you're learning about D-Day number 12 or getting a text from the other woman or having your partner say things that you really hoped you never heard, it's going to exacerbate all that. You're going to be way worse off because you haven't nutritionally supported your body. Same thing with alcohol. If you want to have your nice glass of wine, if you want your margarita, whatever it is, of course you may have it. But please, please, please do not drown your sorrows in alcohol. Yes, alcohol numbs the way you feel. I get it. Like, I get it. Oh my God, we don't even want to be here. We don't want to feel it. I get it. But if you were constantly, chronically, Day after day, numbing out to alcohol, you can't heal. You've got to feel it to heal it. So if you're not feeling it, you're not going to heal it. And you know what you're going to set yourself up for then? You're going to set yourself up for a lifetime of wanting to numb out one way or the other, whether it's alcohol or sugar or food or pharmaceuticals, or pot gummies, or whatever it is. And again, I'm not saying don't prop yourself up with antidepressants, or a glass of wine, or a gummy, or whatever it is that is your, quote, drug of choice. Don't not prop yourself up periodically if you need it. But prop yourself up in the proper ways, with nutrition, with vitamins, with water, with good, solid nutrition so your body can function at its peak level. Because yes, when you're in a state of trauma, your body is doing all sorts of crazy things. I kid you not, your heart rate can go off. Your breathing goes off. Your blood glucose levels are off. Like every single organ in your body gets jacked up during trauma. So why jack it up more with sugar and alcohol? Just be mindful that nutrition does play a role in this. And I know you don't feel like eating. Oh God, I know it. But just make yourself something, an apple with cheese. (laughs) I would get, sometimes it sounds funny, but the little tiny peel and eat shrimp trays. Because I think, well, it's protein. Do what you can, just little things. Fiber. A banana. Steam some veggies. I also got those big bags of broccoli. And I would just steam broccoli. And I would eat it just steamed with nothing on it. Because for some reason, in my mind, I was like, I'm just going to eat it and it tastes terrible and I don't care. But at least I could get it down. Because sometimes the rich foods were really hard to get down. And broccoli has protein and fiber and a lot of good vitamins. So do what you can, but just be aware. Nutrition does 
make a difference. Another thing, they have those protein drinks, those protein and vitamin drinks, and some of them have a lot of sugar, so be mindful. But that's just another way that you can drink your nutrition. You can make a smoothie. I have some amazing green smoothies that I make for myself. Because again, when you don't feel like eating, at least you can drink a smoothie and you can get something in. Okay, so we've talked about propping yourself up by feeling beautiful, by fitness, by feeling strong and flexible, and then by propping yourself up with nutrition and food. Here's another way I want you to think about props and propping yourself up. Get support. Get professional support. I don't care if it's a counselor, a coach, a clergy member, get professional support. Enlist the help of experts who can identify what's going on and can help you. One of the biggest things is denial. You've probably heard about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and the stages of grief. Discovering your partner's infidelity definitely throws you into grief. Anger, rage, all of that stuff, those are all parts of the stages of grief. But one of the biggest things is denial. And the thing is, we can't see denial when we're in denial. And even if somebody is working with us and they point it out that hey, you might be in denial, we're not going to see it because it's denial. Because our mind can't handle it yet. Our mind protects itself, which is a really, really good thing. But when you're working with a professional, they will know the stage that you're in. Even if you don't know the stage that you're in, they will know. Like, they will know, oh, she's just in this rage. She's in denial. She's in, you know, whatever it is. She's moved through to acceptance. And they can be that outside presence, that sounding board, who can look at you, who can feel where you're at, who can hold this container of safety for you so they can just hold you lovingly. Yes, you're in the state of denial. You're in the state of rage or anger. You're in the bargaining phase. And they can hold you there and let you be there. And they can support you so you can be in that stage and so you can work through that stage and then move to the next stage and then maybe they can lovingly point out I see that you are moving from this bargaining phase into some rage it's another one of the stages and it's okay and it's good let's feel the rage how did the bargaining work And they can continue to create that safe container and hold the space to guide you through these steps. Whereas somebody who is not a trained professional, and there's nothing wrong with that. You need friends and you need family too. But sometimes when somebody is not a trained professional or doesn't know a lot about this, they can keep you locked in those stages for longer than is necessary and can actually prevent you from recovering and healing fully. Think about it like going to a rest stop on a road trip, where instead of guiding you on the way, they're like, just stay here. We've got this great breakfast. 
we've got a shower that you're going to love. Now we've got a great lunch. And you know what? You're not going to want to go to New York anyway. You're going to want to stay here because Kansas is the best. Wizard of Oz was about Kansas. You're so going to want to stay in Kansas. Don't go to New York. Stay in Kansas. Stay. Look, we've got cornfields. We've got scarecrows. We've got ruby slippers. And then pretty soon you're derailed and stuck and you're staying in Kansas. And while Kansas might be nice, your intention was New York. And what I want for you is for you to be able to reach your destination. That's not to say that you can't change your destination at some point, but I don't want you to be talked into changing your destination. I don't want you to be talked into staying in Kansas when that really isn't where you want to be. And that's what can happen in some of these online groups. I love, love, love some of the online support groups, yes. And sometimes they get really toxic. Sometimes people encourage other people to leave when they don't really want to leave. They encourage them to stay when they don't really want to stay. They go down the anger. He's a cheating, blah, 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 blah. And he, he's never going to do this. And you're never going to do that. And this is awful. And you deserve it. And blah, blah, blah. And that's rage. That's healthy. And it's a phase. But you don't want to create this entire world around rage. You don't want to stay there forever. Feel your rage. Think about all the horrible, awful things you want to do if you see her or see him. Think about it. Feel it. That's great. Make sure you're not getting stuck there. Make sure you're not getting stuck there. Make sure you're not being encouraged to stay angry and bitter your whole life. Make sure you're not being encouraged to just stay in the marriage and it's going to be okay and just love him enough and it's going to be perfect. And don't worry that he's actually not doing the work that he said he was going to do. It'll be fine. Don't let yourself be gaslit into staying if it's exactly not what you want. I really, really, really wanted my marriage to work out. I really wanted that. That was my intention. I created the map on how to get there. I propped myself up. I made myself feel beautiful. I got healthy. I got in shape. I enlisted the support of many counselors and coaches and professionals and programs. And I took off on this journey. And I was also vitally aware that in the event that my partner pulls out, this journey's done. This journey is done. I'm going somewhere else. I'm taking the divorce route. Flat out. Can he make some mistakes? Of course he can make a couple of mistakes. But if I start realizing that I'm being gaslit again, if I start realizing that he's not remorseful, that he is not making amends consistently, again, not just a one-time mistake, if I bring up something that I feel is a problem and all of a sudden I'm getting nothing, out of here. Changing the destination. Destination goes from rebuilding the marriage to divorce like that. I didn't need people encouraging me one way or the other. 
What I needed was people supporting me and helping me to see reality. Because I don't know about you, but I got really confused about what was real and what was not real. Because everything I thought was real for 15 years suddenly turned out to be an illusion. And it was really hard for me to see what was real. And was he lying to her or was he lying to me or was he lying to him? Or was, what is this all about? How could he love me and not love me? How can, it was, reality was really hard. And when we're in that state where we've had our trust totally violated, what we need is professionals who can stand and stay objective and say, you know what? This is not okay. You don't have to agree. But to have somebody tell you the truth is imperative. And so many family and friends, as much as they love you, they don't know the truth either because they are biased. They are biased because they know you and they know your partner and they know the situation and they just have their own agenda. So prop yourself up with professionals who will be objective, who will tell it like it is, and will hold that sacred space for you to process and to feel so you can continue on the journey and so you can get there healthy, whole, and complete, not so you'll get stuck in Kansas. So I think that wraps up props. Props along the way, a way to prop yourself up through the journey. Now, the next part of that is costumes. And you might be saying, what's the difference between costumes and props? Because, yeah, technically I get it. A costume is just another form of a prop. Whether it's a cape, whether it's scrubs that signify you're in the healthcare profession, whether it's like a priest collar or a uniform that signifies police or fire. Costumes help show your identity. Costumes help show your identity. Now, I talked at the beginning when we were talking about props, about I wanted to dress cute every day because I wanted to look in the mirror. I wanted to look down at my arms and legs and not go, I wanted to look down and feel relatively decent about myself because I knew my inner voice was so bad. I needed my outer experience to be good, to offset that, to balance it out. And that's what I want you to think about when I talk about costumes. Costumes set your identity to the world. Costumes set your identity to the world. As much as we might all try to treat everybody the same, we don't. I talk about this in my book. But if you see somebody who looks like a skinhead, a stereotypical skinhead with swastika tattoos and piercings and maybe like ripped jeans with chains and things like that, you will, you will have an opinion about them. 
you will think, wow, the racist, this person is racist. The swastika tattoo makes me assume that this person is racist. Wow, the way they're dressed with the shaved head, with the clothing, maybe with the gang symbols or whatever, or the chains, makes them look like they are violent. It makes them look like they are aggressive. And for right or for wrong, you will have an opinion about them. Same thing, if you see somebody in a priest's collar or a nun's habit, you will have assumptions about them. You will think that they are spiritual, that they are religious, that they are good, that they are kind, that they are helpful. We make associations about what a person is like based on what they're wearing. For right or for wrong, for good or for bad, we all do that. And it's the same thing with us. Through this journey, I want you to be mindful of the quote-unquote costume you are wearing. And it's not about being fake. It's not about being phony. But I want you to take the time to think about your intention. My intention is to be peace. My intention is to be in a really loving relationship. My intention is whatever your intention is. And then I want you to identify what costume would that person wear? What would you wear if you were in this amazing, loving relationship? What would you wear? What would you wear if you were healthy and at peace? What would you wear? And sometimes it's a really hard question to answer because you're like, I don't know. Am I going to the grocery store and cleaning houses? Am I attending a professional networking event? What do you mean, what would I wear? And that's kind of where I just want to let the question stand. How would you dress if you felt at peace? If you felt powerful? If you felt worthy, how would you dress if you felt worthy? And it's different for all of us. You might say, if I felt really, really worthy, I would dress like a complete and total slob because I wouldn't care what people thought. And sure, that's valid. Or you might say, and this is what most people say, if I felt really worthy, I would dress in a way that honored my physical body. I would dress in a way that made me comfortable. My shoes wouldn't pinch or be too small. I wouldn't be trying to cover up stains on the tank top that I was wearing under my jacket because I didn't think I was worth buying a new one. I wouldn't be wearing my 20-year-old ratty sweater Because I would really be worthy enough to let go of things that didn't serve me or suit me. And again, it's different for everybody. But what is the costume that person would wear who embodies everything that you want to embody? For me, I felt a lot of like red and pink. To be healed meant 
to me that I was okay being seen, that I didn't have to blend into the background, that I wasn't just unworthy of being seen, that I didn't want to not be noticed. It meant that I was okay wearing pink and red, that I was letting my natural flamboyance and sparkle out, that I was okay with somebody making eye contact with me at the grocery store, which happened yesterday three times, and saying, oh my God, I love your hat. That is the coolest hat. It's a hat that I got at Disney Springs and it's got like all these rhinestones all over it. It's phenomenal. But I had three people make eye contact with me and say, oh my God, I love your hat. And I was smiling. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Because I was okay being seen. I was okay putting myself out there. I didn't feel threatened. I didn't feel unsafe. And that's really what I mean with costumes. Because to wear a costume means you're putting yourself on display a little bit. And in order to put yourself on display, you have to be comfortable with yourself and your situation. So I want you to work on that. And I want you to email me about that. You can also reach out on social media. I'm at Laura Cheadle pretty much everywhere. And I do want you to email me. And I mean that. Laura at LauraCheadle.com. I want you to talk a little bit about what you would wear when you arrive. You've got your intention. You've mapped out the journey. You've got your props to get you there. All the accoutrement that you need for a safe journey. And once you're there, what are you going to wear? What are you going to wear? Because if you're going to New York, and it's winter, you need warm clothing. If you're going to New York in the summertime, no my gosh, you need some cool clothing. If you're going to the beach, you need different things than if you're going to the mountains. If you're going to the Alaska, you're going to need different things than if you go to the Bahamas. Costumes matter. What are you going to wear once you get there? And that's the question that I want you to answer. What am I going to wear when I get there. And I want you to lean into that and then email me. You don't have to give me all the backstory. Just tell me what you're going to wear when you get there. Now, wrapping this up, I'm going back to the beginning because I'm saying, and I'm saying very clearly, these are the steps in betrayal recovery. And I know sometimes people say, I don't get why this matters. Trust me, it matters. Because if you have the intention, if you have the map, you have the props and you have the costumes, you have set yourself up for success. Like I said earlier, you're not going to go on a road trip without gas or gas money or tires or windshield wiper fluid. You need to set yourself up for success. And these are the steps that you need to take in order to set yourself up for success. If you want to take a deeper dive and really nail this, And I mean really nail it. So 2023 will be your year. Then I want you to go to Flaunt Studios with an S, flauntstudios.com. And I want you to check out the information for my retreat that's coming up February 11th and 12th in beautiful Littleton, Colorado. We will spend an entire day going through all of this, figuring it out, talking it out. I will hold that safe container for you and I will ask all the right questions so you will get there. And you will know 
where you want to be, the map of how to get there, and all the props and all the costumes that you need to set yourself up for success. And then the second day, we're going to be going to an incredible photography studio. And we're going to talk about what you want, your intention, how you want to be. And the photographer is going to take several photos of you. And if you're afraid of photos, she is the absolute perfect person to be because she just talks and plays and she captures your essence in incredible black and white. So you can see, you have evidence of who you are and how you want to be. And it's like holding up that picture of New York City on your wall and saying, yes, I want to get there. You'll have your picture of yourself that you can hold up and be like, yes, that's what she's wearing. And that's where she's at. And that's how she's feeling. And that's what she's doing. And it really gives you that tangible experience of how to be there. If you sign up before January 21st, uh, 21st, 31st, if you sign up before January 31st, the cost is only $3.97. I know, right? For two full days, two full days and a picture. It's incredible. I know, but I'm so passionate about this retreat and for what it can do for you in your betrayal recovery process. I thought I need to make it affordable. I want to make it affordable because I want everybody to get there. After January 31st, it goes up $100. So then it's $4.97. So be sure to register before flauntstudios with an s.com. That's F-L-A-U-N-T-S-T-U-D-I-O-S dot com. Plus, I just can't wait to see you in beautiful Colorado and get to meet you one-on-one and to hold this incredible sacred space for you. So have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. One of the hardest things about finding out that your partner has had an affair is the shame and embarrassment talking about it because it makes you feel like you did something wrong, that somehow you weren't good enough and that you didn't keep them happy. And there's such a misperception in the world around what affairs are like and what it means when somebody has had an affair. That's why I have created a monthly support group for women who have been betrayed by their partner. It's for women who are really ready to move through the grief and the pain in a healthful way so they can claim what's possible for them on the other side of infidelity and betrayal as quickly and as healthfully as possible. And part of that is having community, having community with people who were positive. There are so many online support groups where everybody's just really negative and grouchy and they just vent their own pain and they vomit their pain all over you. And this group is nothing like this. This group is honest. Yes, we're honest. But it's also about support and community and holding each other and building each other up. If this sounds like something that you would be interested in, go to www.flourishafterinfidelity and sign up. When you sign up, you'll immediately get the Zoom link to our next meeting, and then you will be in the loop and you will know when each monthly meeting is about to occur. I really look forward to having you there, to building this community of strong women together. Once again, it's 
flourishafterinfidelity.com. And we'll see you at our next meeting. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 